This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky, and the Stanley Cup playoffs are officially underway. We had four Game 1s on Monday evening. I will go down through each and every one of them, talk about the series outlook in my eyes, give my selections, and honestly, if you think that I'm picking based on last night, you got another thing coming. I got the receipts on Twitter. Go to at Nick underscore Berlansky. I posted right as every game was at 0-0. Zero to zero. And by every game, I mean the first two. Not only that, but I also had the same exact picks on yesterday's episode of the Tip of the Iceberg that came out around noon. So don't come at me telling me that I picked the Maple Leafs because they won 5 to nothing last night. Because I had the Maple Leafs before that 5 to nothing drubbing of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Let's start there because... That is probably the most shocking game that happened last night. There were three blowouts out of the four games. The only good game was the late one, so a lot of people might have missed it. But really, a non-eventful day one of the Stanley Cup playoffs when it came to, you know, talented, not talented games, but close games and games that were actually interesting to watch unless you had a vested stake in one of these teams. So, Maple Leafs defeat the Tampa Bay Lightning by a score of 5 to nothing. like I mentioned. Jack Campbell gets the shutout for the Maple Leafs. Austin Matthews scores goals number 1 and 2 on the playoff season to go along with his 60 in the regular season. I forgot to mention that on Friday's episode, so quick little shout-out to Matthews for 60 goals in the regular season. But the question was always, can they do it when it counts the most, when the bright lights are on up in the six? in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and so far so good for the Maple Leafs. 5 to nothing win, despite early on a really dirty hit, and it was, I don't want to hear anybody complaining about that five-minute major and game misconduct for Kyle Clifford of the Maple Leafs. His hit on Ross Colton was, I mean, it was late, it was from behind, Colton's head bounced off of the boards. It was a, it was an ugly hit. The second I saw it, I knew, yeah, that's going to be a five. And at that point, you had to imagine it's going to be one, if not two to nothing in favor of the Lightning because you give those guys a five-minute power play in the first period alone. I thought, I was like, okay, the Maple Leafs are going to be behind the eight ball because of Kyle Clifford. That's not a good sign. But they not only killed off that penalty, they had a couple of nice opportunities shorthanded against Andre Vasilevsky. They didn't score. More importantly, the Lightning didn't score on that. And then they were able to go out. Jake Muzzin with about two minutes left in the first period sends a clap bomb past Vasilevsky. And that was all it took. Uh, the Maple Leafs added four more goals and won this game by five to nothing. Like I mentioned, they lead the series now one to nothing. I was a little shocked that it was that big of a gap between those two teams in game one. Now, late in the game, Tampa Bay got their footing going. They got a couple of opportunities, but Jack Campbell stood tall. 
my overall selection and my prediction for this series is that the Leafs are going to win it in seven. I understand that the Leafs absolutely just throttled the Lightning in game one, but they're the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions for a reason. If you think they're just going to roll over to a team that has lost five or six straight years in the first round of the playoffs, you got another thing coming, especially whenever they get back to Amelie Arena down in Tampa. This is something that, I mean, you're going to hear me say it probably throughout the entirety of the playoffs. A playoff series in a best-of-seven does not truly begin until a team loses at home. I'll say that again. Best of seven series do not truly begin until a team loses at home. That happened twice on night one, but not here in this game. Toronto, they were the better team in the regular season, which is why they got home ice advantage. You're supposed to win the home games in the postseason. In the Stanley Cup playoffs, you're supposed to win the home games. Leafs were able to go out and do just that, not to take anything away from them. It was a fantastic performance, and they have the leg up on the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Really good performance from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Let's move on to the other game in the Eastern Conference. That one, not as shocking, but still a 5-1 victory for the Carolina Hurricanes, the Metropolitan Division champions, over the Boston Bruins. The question mark for both sides coming into this one was the injuries for the Bruins. David Pasternak, their most elite goal scorer, one of the most elite goal scorers in the league, coming in. He's going to play. He's a little hobbled. Same with Hampus Lindholm, their free agent, sorry, their trade deadline acquisition, and their starting goaltender, Linus Allmark. So all those guys in the lineup, but of course missing some time in the last couple of weeks of the season due to injury. On the Hurricane side of things, fully healthy, except for the goaltender. Freddie Anderson did not play in game one. His status is unknown for game two, but Antti Ranta steps in has a really good game and shuts down the Boston Bruins, giving up only one goal in the third period to Taylor Hall. But the Hurricanes, proving why they are a top seed in the Stanley Cup playoffs. This is a team that has been built from top to bottom so evenly that they can come at you with so many different ways. A very good performance from the Carolina Hurricanes early on. Goals, none in the first period. 0-0 after one, which... I was a little surprised. I I thought that we would see something early on from the Boston Bruins, especially getting Pasternak back in the lineup as a road underdog. But then in the second period, two goals by the Canes to go up two to nothing, one from Jarvis and one from Nino Niederreiter. And then in the third period, after that goal that made it two to one, an absolute snipe show of a a goal by Tavo Teravainen on a two on one. And at that point, you kind of had to know, the Carolina Hurricanes are such a good team defensively, even with a backup goalie in Antti Ranta. They were going to shut things down for the Boston Bruins, a team that, listen, despite having one of the greatest goal scorers in the league right now in David Posternock, despite having two playoff performers like Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron, I had no hope for the Boston Bruins once they went down 3 to nothing or 3 to 1, I should say, early in that third period. I mean, there was 13 minutes left. I knew that the Hurricanes were going to be able to shut that game down just based on how the previous 47 minutes had gone. So the Hurricanes get the win, lead the series one to nothing. But my prediction for this series is going to be Bruins in seven games. I did like Boston as an underdog, first and foremost, because I like the fact for them that Freddie Anderson wasn't going to be playing. 
Antiranta kind of shoved that up my hoop in game one. But nonetheless, it is still the Boston Bruins in the playoffs. And like I said, a playoff series doesn't start until a team loses at home. The Bruins can regroup. That's the thing about these these marginal losses. It only counts for one. We've seen teams come back from getting shelled. I mean, it, different sport, but earlier in the season, the Pittsburgh Pirates lost 21 to nothing to the Chicago Cubs, but still won the series, taking three out of four games. Like, it's just one game. If they can bounce back mentally, they can bounce back in the series. So I have the Boston Bruins in seven. I just like the way that they played in the second half of the season. It's going to be probably the most controversial pick that I have in the first round because the Carolina Hurricanes are a juggernaut. It's going to take a lot to take them out. For some reason, though, I just have a gut feeling that the Boston Bruins will be able to do it, but in no less games than seven. Like, it's going to take them seven if they do it. So we'll have to see how that one ends up. Heading over to the Western Conference for yesterday's action. Man, did the St. Louis Blues... I should correct that. Man, did David Perron take it to Marc-Andre Fleury in the Minnesota Wild. Road team, third seed, taking out the two seed. The Blues have dominated the Minnesota Wild in the regular season the entire year, including in the Winter Classic up there at, I believe that was at Target Field in Minnesota. So the Blues have had their number all year. Usually I don't take into account regular season series because it all changes once you get to the postseason. The game is completely different. It's one of the few sports where the way the sport is played in the regular season, the way the sport is played in the playoffs is so vastly different. It's almost a different sport. So I like the Wild in this series. Not a good showing being shut out by uh, Ville Husso in his first Stanley Cup playoff game. Congratulations to him. He played really well. He shut down a Wild team that does have some real offensive firepower. You look at Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Zuccarello. You look at the youngster in Matthew Boldy. You look at uh, Kevin Fiala. There's a lot of really good talent, really good scoring talent on that Minnesota Wild team. And Huso was able to stand tall and keep his team in it. Meanwhile, on the other end, like I said, David Perron gets a hat trick. Ryan O'Reilly adds a goal for the St. Louis Blues and they win it 4 to nothing. The Wild have a tandem. And sometimes when you have a tandem, it becomes very difficult to figure out what you do with the guy you start game one. Marc-Andre Fleury, clearly a Hall of Famer. But he started that game, and he looked like the Marc-Andre Fleury from 2013. And if you're not a Pittsburgh Penguins fan or somebody that has followed Marc-Andre Fleury's career, he was benched after Game 4 of the 2013 playoffs in favor of Tomas Vokun because of the same things that I was seeing in Game 1. Now, I don't want to overreact. I don't want to say that this is the bad Marc-Andre Fleury. He's not going to be able to win in this postseason. Because like I said with Tampa Bay, like I said with Boston, it's one game. You can bounce back from that. But the the things that I saw Fleury doing, overcommitting to certain shots, really bad rebound control, overshooting slides. A, a lot of those goals to David Perron are because he overshot whenever he came over to make the play and it left the backside open. The Ryan O'Reilly goal is a perfect example. The shot came in, it was deflected by O'Reilly. Fleury slided, slid, slided. He slid to his left to make the save, but he just kept going and O'Reilly was standing still so he had the entire net open to him. That's the kind of stuff that you don't want to see if you're a Minnesota Wild fan. I don't know if that's going to be what we see in game two. 
who knows if we see Flurry in game two. Cam Talbot was an all-star this year, and Cam Talbot also was really good for the Wild after Flurry was acquired at the trade deadline. Maybe they go to him in game two, or maybe they stick with Marc-Andre Fleury, but nonetheless, the Wild are behind the eight ball, losing, like I said, four to nothing to the St. Louis Blues. A really good start for a team that I think is getting disrespected a little bit, and I'll put myself into that category. I'm disrespecting them a little bit because they won the Stanley Cup three seasons ago. It's not that long. They have the majority of that team back. Now, of course, you lost a guy like Petrangelo, which is huge, but, you know, Tori Krug is there. I think that they have matured a lot. They have a lot of good young talent. Not to mention that Bennington has been great heading into the playoffs. But then you also have Ville Husso, who went out there and shut out the Wild in Game 1. Again, same thing as Minnesota with that goalie tandem of two really good goaltenders. It's something that we first saw really back in 2016, more so in 2017 with the Pittsburgh Penguins, with Flurry and Murray. And now we're starting to see more teams start to do stuff like that. So congratulations to the Blues. Congratulations specifically to David Perron with his hat trick and to Billy Husso getting a shutout. And I believe it was his NHL playoff debut. Congrats to that guy. One last game on the slate last night. And it was to me, the biggest surprise. It was the closest game out of all four, but I certainly did not think the LA Kings were going to take game one. I've said a lot. Oh, by the way, I didn't even mention my series prediction for Wild Blues. And then we'll get back to Kings versus Oilers. I think the Wild win it in six. I said it before the game last night. I'm going to stick to my guns, even though last night didn't go too well for that prediction. But I have the Minnesota Wild taking it in six games. They'll have to bounce back in game two in order for that to happen. Back to the Kings and the Oilers. Apologies for the quick diversion. Kings Oilers biggest surprise of me of, of night one. There were you know the Blues winning on the road. That's a little bit of an upset. The uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, even though they were the betting favorite, I think they were the public underdog, especially coming into a series against the back-to-back Stanley Cup champs. That was a surprise the way that they were able to just completely shell Tampa Bay. But the LA Kings are the epitome of a hey, you weren't supposed to be here. Congrats. Now, take your medicine, and we'll see you next year whenever you have a chance to contend. They're not taking that and laying down. They came out really well in the first period. Trevor Moore gets on the board. Alex Iafalo gets on the board right after that. And all of a sudden, the Kings were up 2 to nothing. Jonathan Quick, let's not forget the last time the Kings were in the postseason. Was 2018, where Jonathan Quick was in a goaltender's duel with Marc-Andre Fleury of the Vegas Golden Knights. The Golden Knights didn't lead, I believe if I'm remembering correctly, the Golden Knights did not lead until like game three of that series, yet were up two to nothing in the series. Like the LA Kings led the entire way and lost by one goal, and I believe most of the games were two to one or three to two. Jonathan Quick was absolutely phenomenal. So I don't know why I didn't believe that even though it's only been four years that Jonathan Quick wasn't going to come out and be phenomenal once again for the LA Kings in the postseason. Because that's what he was. Now he gave up three goals, but when you look at it, first goal that he gave up was in the first to make it 2-1. to one. That was Connor McDavid doing Connor McDavid things. You want to see the best goal of the postseason so far? Yeah, it obviously it's Connor McDavid going one on four, potentially one on five. There was another Kings player back but he wasn't really in the fold. 
He took it from his own red line, basically, from right in front of Mike Smith, just went right around Olimata, cut to the middle of the ice, and shot an absolute rocket past Jonathan Quick. So, great goal by McDavid, but nonetheless, a 4-3 win. It was tied 3-3 late into the third period with just over five minutes left in the game. Philip Deneau, the piece. That's that's what I'm going to call him for the Kings this year if they go on a run. Phil Deneau is the piece. His first year with LA, almost a 30-goal scorer, something we never saw from him in Montreal. He's a fantastic two-way defenseman. He's obviously going to be you know, have his work cut out for him in this series against McDavid, against Dreisaitl. Same with Kopitar, who's a great two-way defenseman. But the fact that he's able to do it on the score sheet is a huge, huge addition to this LA Kings team. It has been all season and continues to be in the playoffs. He scores a deflection goal with over five minutes left. And all of a sudden, the Kings have a win. It's a real series now because the road team won. And I can't believe I'm going to say this. But I am a little scared about my prediction. My prediction for this series is Oilers in six. I certainly didn't think I would see the Jonathan Quick that was out last night. And I definitely did not think I was going to see the Andre Kopitar and Phil Deneau that I saw last night. Not to, not to mention the fact that McDavid did score, yes. So did Dreisaitl. But they kept him to three goals. And if you're the Kings, going up against Mike Smith, Miko Koskinen, a pretty lackluster Edmonton Oilers defense. I take that trade every day. If you can keep the King, the Oilers to three goals a game, you're going to win that probably four out of seven times, which is exactly what you need. So it's going to be an interesting series. I have the Oilers in six simply because, and my rationale is, if not now, then when? It's the same thing for McDavid in Edmonton as it is for Matthews in Toronto. You've been failing for so long in the playoffs. If not now, then when? McDavid passed his career high in points this year. He's been really good. The team has been really good this year. On the other side of things, same thing. I mean, Toronto, been really good this year. Austin Matthews, second straight Rocket Richard leading the NHL in goal scoring. 60-goal season, the first one in Toronto Maple Leafs history. This isn't the Seattle Kraken who just had their first season. This is the Toronto Maple Leafs, an original six team, and Austin Matthews just had the greatest goal-scoring season in the history of that franchise. If not now, then when for both of these teams? That's why I have the Oilers in six. That's why I have the Leafs in seven. And one of them right now looks much better than the other, and that's the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm going to take a quick break when I return. Let's look ahead to tonight's matchups because four more Stanley Cup round one series getting underway later on tonight. We'll talk about that right after the break. What's going on, hockey fans? The pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter the outcome, whether they win or lose, you're a winner. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings' same-game parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. 
DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Make sure to use promo code THPN and bet just $5 on any NHL team to win to get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THBN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and even better, opportunities. There are four more series getting kicked off tonight, man. The Stanley Cup playoffs are just great, especially the first round. This is the best two weeks, in my opinion, in sports. Now, there's some times where everything lines up, you know, Football playoffs or whatever. October, the beginning of this NFL season. Baseball playoffs, the beginning of hockey, the beginning of basketball, college football. Yeah, I get that that's a great month. But for me, for my bones, for my vote, I would not take anything over the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Four games a night for two straight weeks. High intensity. It There's nothing like it. Especially this season when the matchups are so intriguing. I mean, we already talked... For the past 20 episodes about the Eastern Conference, because that's how long this field has been set and how great all those matchups are. The West is no different. The West is also very, very entertaining. So let's start out tonight's slate with the first game on the schedule. 7 p.m. Eastern tonight at the greatest arena in the world. Penguins at Rangers at Madison Square Garden. Game number one, the last time we saw these two teams on the ice together was after the final horn sounded at MSG in the fourth game of their matchup that season. They were getting ready to fight. All 20 players on each side out at center ice at MSG getting ready to just absolutely turn it into slap shot. And then the last image you see is Igor Shosturkin Waving goodbye to the Pittsburgh Penguins because he has owned them all season long. Four matchups between the Penguins and the Rangers this regular season. One. One regular five-on-five goal for the Penguins on Igor Shosturkin. They scored a couple on the power play. It's the only goal they scored in their only victory. was one power play goal and they won one to nothing. But other than that... And other than a Brian Boyle 5-on-5 goal that I believe was in the first period of the game that he scored it, no other 5-on-5 goals on what we can just basically assume is going to be the Vesna Trophy winner. Absolute dominance by Igor Shosturkin over the Pittsburgh Penguins this year. But I'm not going to count the Penguins out because I'm seeing a lot of people do that. The Penguins have lost three straight First round matchups. The first and only time that has ever happened in Sidney Crosby's career. Not to mention the fact that, again, everybody is picking the Rangers. And every once in a while, 
when the entirety of the public, all of the pundits, whether it's TNT, SportsCenter, the only person that I heard have the same take that I'm about to have is Barry Melrose. And I usually don't like agreeing with him because I watched the entire In the Crease this morning and I hated everything he said until he said this and this was the last thing he said on that show. When everybody counts out Sidney Crosby, it's usually going to end up being a good thing for Sidney Crosby. Because the second everybody believes he's not going to do something special, it's exactly what he does. As he comes out, he shows everybody that they were wrong, and he does something absolutely ridiculous. The Penguins are a better team than the Rangers on paper at 5-on-5, five five, in my opinion. They, they are. I think the Penguins have a deeper defense core, not to say that it's great. And, and the Rangers, they have the top-end talent. You know, Keandre Miller... Adam Fox, but so do the Penguins, really. I mean, Chris Letang has been disrespected his entire career by the national media. He is right up there when it comes to talent and ability with Adam Fox. Now, Fox is, what, like 22 years old, so it's ridiculous that he's already that good. But Letang has been doing this for a while. So I give the Penguins the edge when it comes to five-on-five play. The edge on special teams and goaltending, though, goes to the Rangers. I think this is probably the most evenly matched first round series of the entire Stanley Cup playoffs. So I would not be surprised in the least if it goes seven games. And my official prediction is that the Penguins take this in seven games. The main storyline on their end is that Tristan Jari, their all-star goaltender, is out. He broke his foot a couple weeks ago. But as of right now, he's day-to-day, according to head coach Mike Sullivan. Not to mention the fact that Casey DeSmith, who will be starting tonight for the Pittsburgh Penguins, since December, has like a 925 save percentage and a 2.2 goals allowed average. If it wasn't for how pathetically awful he was at the beginning of the season, people would have a lot different opinions about Casey DeSmith starting in this one. It would be closer to Auntie Ranta starting for Carolina last night than it is for what we're seeing everybody believe about Casey DeSmith and his opportunity to get wins in this series. It's going to be a good one. If the Penguins get into penalty trouble, though, they're not going to win it. Chris Kreider had 52 goals this year. 26 of them were on the power play. I mean, the Rangers have the fourth best power play in the National Hockey League. The Penguins, on the other hand, do have the third best penalty kill. But at the same exact time, Kreider, Panarin, Zibanejad, Fox. It's nice that the Penguins have a really good penalty kill. But if they get into penalty trouble, and I mean two three penalties a game, they're going to be giving up at least a goal a game to that power play. That's what's going to happen. So they got to stay out of the box and they got to finish at five on five. That's the thing about the Penguins. They have not been able to finish at five on five, particularly against Igor Shosturkin this year. But if they can start to find that a little bit more, I think that evens this series out amazingly. And a a lot of people, I know Dom LeCision of The Athletic had the Penguins at 56% favorites looking at just the numbers. It's going to be a tough series either way, but I have the Penguins taking it in seven. Let's move over to Capitals-Panthers. If you have noticed, I have previewed and or said my prediction for five of the first round series, five of the eight first round series, and I haven't had a sweep in any of them. That changes with this one. I think the Panthers, a team that has only lost, I can count on one hand how many times they've lost since February, probably since Valentine's Day. And they are the President's Trophy winners. 
They're a team that last year would have made a deep run if they didn't, you know, get screwed over by the playoff system and have to play against a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round. I just don't see a way. I mean, the only hesitation that I have is Alex Ovechkin is a god and Sergei Bobrovsky in the playoffs can sometimes look like less than human. <laughs> it's the only glimmering shot of hope for the team from the capital city of the United States. Not to mention the fact that Ovechkin got injured about a week and a half ago at this point. Shoulder injury. He missed the last three games of the regular season. He said he could have played, and I don't doubt it. I don't disagree. The guy's a machine. I mean, he drinks Dr. Pepper and Pepsi throughout the game. What kind of psychopath does that? He's also one of the best goal scorers. Screw it. I don't know why I said that. I've said it multiple times this season. He is the greatest goal scorer in the history of hockey. And similar to Sidney Crosby against the Rangers, you just can't completely count them out ever. My official prediction is Panthers in four, but I'm starting to think that it's probably going to end up being Panthers in six or Panthers in five. The Caps, it's hard to imagine that they're not going to win this one. But the biggest issue for me is the Panthers have the highest scoring offense in the National Hockey League. And it's not even close. They finished with over four goals per game. Nobody else was over 3.9. I believe they were at like 4.2 or 4.18 or something like that ridiculous. The point is, they are by far the greatest goal scoring team of the season this year. And they're going up against a Capitals team that has Ilya Samsonov or Vitek Vanacek in net. They're both... NHL caliber goaltenders, but in this scenario against this team, it's just not going to be enough. It isn't. So I have the Panthers in four, and this one is my official pick. Gritting my teeth through it because I felt like I needed a, a sweep in my first round prediction. So that's where I think it's most likely to happen. Let's look at the other top seed in their conference, and that's the Colorado Avalanche kicking off the playoffs for themselves tonight at 9.30 Eastern at Ball Arena against a Nashville Predators team that is just hopelessly outmanned. The Predators have had a great season. I really thought that they would be able to chase the Blues for that third seed, but the Blues just went into just aftershock. I don't know. The Blues went ridiculous in the last month of the season, leaving the Predators to finish in wildcard two territory because they didn't have a great finish to the season. Their starting goaltender... Vezina caliber goaltender probably would have been a top three finalist, if not top five. UC Soros is out for this one, going up against an avalanche team that has everyone, basically. I mean, Kale McCarr is going to probably win the Norris. He is so dangerous with the puck, without the puck. The kid is going to be probably already at the age of, what, 23, 24. He's a Hall of Fame talent at this point. He just needs to put the the career together to do it. Then you also look at the fact that it's, oh, it's Gabe Landeskog. Oh, yeah, it's Nathan McKinnon. Oh, Mika Rantanen. Oh, Nazem Kadri if he doesn't get suspended in the playoffs this year. This team is absolutely stacked. And I understand that the Avs have had their, their struggles in the postseason, but that's all in the second round. Three straight second round departures for them also means three straight first round series wins. And with the Predators... Missing their starting goaltender. I've loved the story. Roman Yossi is going to do everything he can because that's just the way that he plays. Matt Duchesne has had a great season down there in Nashville. He's really found a home there. But the Avalanche are going to take it to him. 
And, and I don't have it in a sweep. I do have a little bit of respect for the Predators thinking they're going to get a win, especially if UC Saros is able to come back at any point in this series. So I have the Avs in five. I, I gave Nashville a game. But I think the Avs are going to take care of this one four games to one. That one starts, like you said, at 9.30 tonight. And then we have one series left. The Dallas Stars squeaking into the playoffs the last possible second, just etching out the Vegas Golden Knights to stop them from advancing to the playoffs for the first time in franchise history. So the Stars will now take on, as their prize for that, my favorite to win the Western Conference, the Calgary Flames. This team also has struggled in the Stanley Cup playoffs, historically. But let's not forget the fact that Johnny Gaudreau is a Hart Trophy candidate, that his linemate, Matthew Kachuk, had a 100-point season for the first time in his career, that their goaltender had like eight shutouts in his first 10 games of the season, and he has not really cooled off. Like He hasn't had that same amount of shutouts because that's impossible to do. But Markstrom is very, very good. And the Stars, on the other hand, they got some talent. They have the history and the experience. They went to the Stanley Cup Finals in the bubble back in 2020. You got guys like Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn, young guys like Robertson. You got Rupe Hintz, who is still, to this day, one of my favorite underrated players in the National Hockey League. You got Miro Haskinen, who is amazing. And then... I would imagine Jake Ottinger gets the start and goal. If not, they have also Holtby and Hudobin floating around somewhere in that system. So I don't hate the Stars' chances, especially because the Flames are a team that usually don't really ignite in the playoffs. But similar to the Avs, I have the Flames taking it in five. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of a lot of series where I might have undersold how long it's going to go. But when it comes to the Avs and the Flames, I really don't think it's going any further than five games. So, to close this all off, my first round Stanley Cup predictions, I'll run through all eight of them here, if you didn't put them together throughout the episode. Avs in five, Minnesota Wild in six, Calgary Flames in five, Oilers in six. That one I'm a little worried about. Florida Panthers to sweep the Washington Capitals. Leafs to, even though they're the betting favorite, upset the back-to-back champ Tampa Bay Lightning in seven games. Bruins to upset the Metropolitan Division champion Carolina Hurricanes in seven games. And the Pittsburgh Penguins to upset the New York Rangers in seven games. I love the freaking playoffs. Last night, like I said, it fell short of expectations a little bit. Three blowouts out of four games, and and the only game that was good was the late one that I did not catch. I'm going to be honest, I fell asleep. Had to rewatch the highlights this morning, but I definitely did. Don't worry. And uh, a little disappointing for the first night, but tonight, it's going to be good. Hopefully, it's a better night. Not as many blowouts. We have Penns Rangers at 7, Caps Panthers at 7.30, Preds Avalanche at 9.30, and Stars Flames at 10 o'clock. Day two of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're just getting started. The best two weeks on the hockey calendar is only a day into it. It's going to be an exciting time. Going to be exciting playoffs. We'll see who prevails, wins 16 games, 
and lifts Lord Stanley's cup whenever that time comes in July. That's going to do it for this episode of the Hockey Hotbed. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you guys on Friday to talk more Stanley Cup playoffs.